So, man, what a great day it's already been. I love that song. That's like our anthem, that song we just sang. So praise God. And uh, we had a, we've had a great weekend, life issues. Yesterday we had some discipleship training. And uh, today we're going we're gonna to hear from Pastor Gary. But before we do all of that, uh, we got a special welcome. And that is for a couple soldiers that are within our ranks here at HBF have returned home from deployment. So I would like to invite Jared Amon and uh, Cassidy Anderson up. And we just want to honor you for just a moment. Come on up here. Yeah. Come on up here. Good having you home, bro. Good having you home, Cassidy. Welcome. Now, what we're going to do, we've never done this formally, so I was like, we got to do something for these folks. Uh, we want to give... Uh, I got this backward. Jared, I'm going to give this to you. This is a certificate of appreciation, uh, and we're thankful for your service to our country. And uh, I'll read this so everybody knows what it says. It's a certificate of appreciation from the members of Heartland Baptist Fellowship. That we're welcoming you home from your deployment. Cassidy Anderson, Jared, I'm on. On the 20th day of February 2022, in recognition and gratitude to you and your family uh, for your sacrifice and service to our nation, uh, in your recent deployment, may God richly bless you as you serve him. And then we've added a verse, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 17, which says, But we, brethren, <clears throat> uh, I need my glasses, being taken from you for a short uh, time in presence, but not in heart, endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire, 1 Thessalonians two seventeen. So from the, and this is signed by the pastor, so from uh, the pastors of Heartland Baptist Fellowship to you, Cassie and Jared, we welcome you home. So give them some nature from Amen. Hang on. Come here, Cassie. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you, guys. God bless you. Thank you for your service. All right. That's beautiful. <clears throat> well, I am so excited to introduce you, uh, Gary Haskell. Pastor Gary Haskell. Uh, from Jack, Jackson Baptist Church in Jackson, uh, Pennsylvania, is uh, he's actually it's neat a relationship that God had us paralleling a year many years ago when I was in training at Kansas City Baptist Temple, uh, going through Shepherd School and all of those things. God had him at every conference I was at, every event, but I didn't know him back then. Uh, he was you know he was a pastor, and I was just one of y'all you know just hanging out in the crowd, uh, enjoying Jesus and asking God what my next steps were. He was already in the ministry and serving and showing up as one of our guest pastors and all of those things and, um, and really assimilating uh, everything that uh, our church had to offer regarding discipleship. And, um, and uh, he took everything that they had and, and was already discipling before he met our, our church in Kansas City, Kansas City Baptist Temple. And, uh, and it's really, that put him on steroids. And uh, he's done a great work in a small town. It's like the size of the town I grew up in, Sibley, Missouri, 300, about 300 people in your town. Yeah, when you started there. What is it? 800. So it's growing. Sibley, Missouri is not growing, just, just FYI. It's still 300. But, uh, uh, but that's a small town, and he's doing a great work, and uh, it's amazing. Uh, he's, he's just a faithful man. If you were here yesterday, uh, the, we had a training session for those uh, that are approved to be disciplers, and uh, we had a good turnout. And again, thank you all of you that sacrificed your afternoon for that. Thank you for everyone that invested in 
in that. That was a great time. But what we really saw was the the sacrifice uh, that has gone into you know the fruitfulness of discipleship. It was a great time, and uh, I count it a privilege uh, to be able to minister uh, with this brother. I was able to. Uh, we were able both to do a conference down in uh, in uh, at the Living Faith uh, Discipleship Conference, probably five years ago or whatever it's been. And uh, I heard him preach there, and I was like, "Man, I got to get this guy at HBF." It's taken me a few years, but we finally got him. So praise God, and uh, we're looking forward to hearing from uh, Pastor Haskell. So, Brother Gary, if you come up, preach the word to us. Can't wait to hear from you. Give him an HBF welcome. Welcome, man. Thank, I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right. Well, good morning. It's a, it's, a, it's a real privilege to be here. Um, start finding, if you can, in your Bibles, 1 Corinthians 12. Be looking at that if you would. And uh, we'll get started here in just a moment uh, into a few introductory thoughts. Pastor asked me to preach a fiery sermon today. So if you, if you found 1 Corinthians 12, all right. Hurt my, now, preacher, I can't take that on the plane with me today, so I'm going to give you that later. What's that? Yeah, that was the light of the word right there. So I just, I went in with the kids right before at the end of their Sunday school class and did that. And boy, I didn't think kids' eyes could get that big. <laughs> so before I forget to say it, and I won't, but I um, oh, thank you. you. Many of you folks, uh, several of you lied to me yesterday, which I was, I was taken back by that. They patted me on the back and said, brother, that was a great lesson. I said, lying to me again right there. So um, it, it's really a privilege to be here. I have been in Jackson for 33 years now, almost 33 years pastoring. By the way, I just got to do this. That, have you seen this baby? <laughs> I'm glad she looks, he looks like he looks like his mother. Yeah. That's all I'm say. <laughs> he is absolutely gorgeous. Look at him. Have you seen this baby yet? Look at him. Look at him. I like kids. I started out as a child myself several years ago. But uh, God bless you, man. That's awesome. Good stuff. And we've got politicians that will kill them. We've got governors that say, birth the baby. Think about it for half an hour. If you don't want it, snuff it out. They should be arrested and tried for premeditated murder. I'll tell you how I really feel later. That's disgusting. What a beautiful child. God bless you. Okay, a um, couple things before we get going. I was raised in a Catholic home. When, when you're a kid, you don't know anything about God, right? Nothing. So you come out of the chute pretty much, and, and there's nothing there, right? There's no information about God. Then I went to the Catholic Church. My mom was a Catholic. My dad was a Congregationalist. So, you know, Jesus walked on water, right? Fed the 5,000, died on the cross, born in the stable. So you, so you see these things. And there's a little, bit of, a little bit of stuff about God in there. You know, you get, you get bits and pieces. In 81, I heard the gospel, and I bowed my knee, bowed my heart, and got saved. And God, God put color in my life. You know, so, yeah, so there you go. Uh, yeah, enough of that nonsense. One more thing. <laughs> One more thing. This is all for the kids. When I go to the foreign field, I take this stuff with me, and, you know, uh, kids' kids' eyes pop out of the head, and then once you do this, you got them, all right? Then you can share the gospel with them. So 
All right, so we know that uh, for all have sinned to come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous. Okay? And so we know in Isaiah 53, um, the Bible says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to our own way. You know the verse? And the Lord laid on him. So all the sin of mankind, the Lord poured all of that onto Christ Jesus. Did he not? The Bible says that in Isaiah 53. He took all the sin. Matter of fact, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, or is it 5.21, where he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made. So he took it all, right? He took it away. And now we have. (laughs) If you knew how I did that, you wouldn't be clapping. Even a politician could do something like that, pull it off. Politicians, politics. Let me give you my definition of politics before I start. The word poly is a word that means many or various, and a tick is a blood-sucking creature. (laughs) You want knuckles on that one, brother? (laughs) All right. So anyway, I've been in Jackson for 33 years. Um, Where's the drummer? Where's he at? Raise your hand. Oh, well, what's up with that? He's good. Uh, when I, before I got saved, I, was, I ate, slept, breathed, and, pardon me, pooped rock and roll. I was a drummer in several bands, you know. I was smoking dope, drinking beer, snorting cocaine, dropping mescaline, THC, all that stuff, right? Yes, and I got saved, and guess what happened? It changed, right? I just showed you how it changed. The drums, I took my drums, and I gave them away. I was going to shoot them up. I had a shotgun ready to shoot him up because it was sin to me. I'm, I worship rock and roll. And so um, the Bible college I was attack, attached to, I was fixing to destroy the drums, and I met a kid that said I play in the, in the classical band, you know, uh, Boston Pops stuff. He said, please don't destroy them. Give them to me. So I gave them to him, and I didn't drum for 25 years. And then, uh, I don't know how many years ago now, it's probably been 15 18 years, my, one of my deacons approached me and said, don't you play the drums? I said, well, I used to. He said, well, would you play them again? And so I realized that I had the drums, the drums didn't have me. And I've been in the praise band for the last several years now. So band sounds great, doing a good job. Where, where are you at, buddy? You're doing a great job with it. It sounds great. There's a good mix. You, you, you know, I don't have any hair, but your hair's not going like this because it's too loud. Right? So it's, it sounds great. And I like learning every time. I was over with Gabe Alvarado Wednesday and Thursday, and you know, I learned some songs. So it's good. I didn't hear, I didn't know two or three of these songs you sang this morning. <clears throat> good, Good Father, we play that in Africa when I go over there every year, but um, didn't know the rest of them. So anyway, I got saved in 81. I went to Bible college in, from 84 to 87 in Boston. Then I took the shepherd school where Pastor Brian was, and I graduated, I think, in 2003 from there. And been doing discipleship um, intensely ever since. I've been in Jackson, like I said, 33 years. I came from Massachusetts, I, I, right near Cape Cod. So if you hear me park my car, don't hold that against me, right? Uh, my, wife's, my wife's accent is still very strong because she's not public speaking. They make fun of me. Imagine that when I, and it's distracting. So I try to, uh, try to I've lost it over the years for the most part. But anyway, uh, we've had the privilege to go to several foreign fields Sierra Leone, Africa, <clears throat> I go there pretty much every year to do a conference for 600 military chaplains. 
teaching discipleship, leadership, counseling, and so on. <clears throat> and um, Ebola messed that up for a year, and then COVID messed it up also. But we'll get back in the saddle with that. I've been to Bolivia 12 times, helping to plant churches there and training discipleships, train preachers in Romania, uh, Ireland, Panama, Haiti. And so what I'm saying is this, I'm a country bumpkin, right? I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an ex-drug addict. Really what I am is a, is a mouth, a big mouth with a pair of feet. That's what I am. And so God can use anybody. And that's what I want to kind of bring to you today as we uh, look at the Word of God this morning. Have you found 1 Corinthians 12 yet? Even if you just got saved about an hour ago, you should have been able to find 1 Corinthians 12 by now. Um, and again, thank you for all your hospitality. Seriously, the food's been great. Um, you people are friendly. I feel right at home here. My people are very friendly. And uh, some churches you preach in and you're looking for the coffin. Right? They all look like they've been baptized in dill pickle juice or something because... <laughs> You know, you like, do you like to laugh? Yeah. All right. So here's this guy, right? <laughs> and uh, he's a, he's a, you know, white, white collar guy and he loses his job and he can't find his job anywhere. Looking in the paper, he's online. Now, now it's online, right? And he, he's frustrated. And so he sees this ad in the newspaper. It says, zoo hiring. He figures, well, I better check it out. So he puts on a suit, and he goes down to the zookeeper's office, and he, he goes in, and the guy says, can I help you, sir? He goes, yeah, I'm here to apply for the job. <clears throat> and the zookeeper looks him up and down. He says, you don't want the job. He says, what do you mean? He says, you don't want the job. You don't, don't, don't waste your time. He said, well, sir, he said, I, I need a job. I'm desperate. I got bills to do, and I need a job. He said, well, he said, can you keep a secret? You got, you got a promise to keep a secret. The guy said, well, yeah, I can, I can keep a secret. He says, our gorilla died, and to buy a gorilla and import him is very expensive. We can't afford to do it. We haven't got the money. So, you know, the zoo's not rich. He said, we have a gorilla suit. It's authentic. He said, we need somebody to be our gorilla. And the guy said, you serious? He said, I'm dead serious. He said, well, i got to try. I need the money. I'll try. He said, all right. So he put the suit on. He gets in the cage, he starts jumping around, you know, and he, he's doing pretty good. He says, I think I like this. So the zoo opens up and the people start coming in and he starts hamming it up. He's doing backflips and hanging upside down and he's on the trapeze thing, you know, the trapeze thing. And this zoo is not very well kept. He's hanging upside down and the trapeze breaks. He hits the bottom of the cage and it breaks and he falls down into the lion's den down below him, lands in a pile of hay. And he sits up and looks, and there's three or four lions in the corner. And they're looking at him. And one of them starts to walk towards him. He goes, oh, man, what am I going to do now? He said, if I yell, they're going to know I'm not a real gorilla. He said, but if I don't say something, this lion's going to eat me. And the lion's getting closer. He said, I don't care. He goes, help! And the lion says, shh, if you don't shut up, you're going to get us both fired. <laughs> I told pastor I would not tell any ethnic jokes. So that's a joke there that's not ethnic. So, All right, enough of that nonsense. It's great to be with you. 1 Corinthians 12, look, please look at verse 12. <clears throat> For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, 
whether we be Jews or Gentiles or whether we be bond or free and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one, but member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Well, of course it is, right? 16, if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Well, of course it is. If the whole body were an eye, then where's the hearing? If the whole were hearing, then where's the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one body, uh, one member, rather, where's the body? But now are they many members, did I upset him? I hope I did not upset him. There are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I don't need you, I don't need thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely, or if you will, our unattractive parts, have more abundant attractiveness or comeliness. For our comely parts have no need. <clears throat> right? Remember Fonzie? Fonzie take his comb out of his pocket and look in the mirror and go to comb and he go, hey, put his comb back in the pocket, right? So some, some parts don't have any need. Yeah, they don't. <clears throat> but God hath tempered or mixed the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lack, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. And then he said to them, now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. If you don't have that highlighted in your Bible, you ought to highlight that in particular. Because it's important that you understand that. Now, I've been in the ministry 36 years, a pastor for 33. And I've preached in a lot of churches. And I've been dealing with my church, the, the, the church that God allows me to pastor for all those years. And I've sc- discovered that a plague, that, that uh, a problem that plagues every church is what we would call a lack of unity, where the body's not, not I'm going to tell you something right now, you folks got something going on here. Yesterday, I watched you um, break down the table. At first, I watched you set them up Friday night after we spoke to the recovery group. And then I watched you yesterday when we got through eating and teaching um, Steve got up and said, take care of this stuff, and <laughs> it was like a bees in a hive. It was awesome, and, and that's good, and, and you guys were all laughing when you were doing it. You were eh, sick of this stuff and picking up chairs. You would, you, it was, it was, there's a unity here, which is awesome, not so much in every church. Pe- preachers, are str- they struggle to keep things together, and, and many times they have no idea what's going on, these, these divisions in the body, these schisms, and they sneak up on you. And there's several reasons, I think, for that, but two of them, I think, that are the most prominent that I've found is that there's a lack of true biblical love for each other. True biblical love. Now, you don't have to like each other. Some of you don't like each other, but you love each other. You get, you get what I'm saying to you? You don't like your wife sometimes. You don't like your husband sometimes. Can I get an amen, ladies? Come on, I'm trying to help you. But you love him, and love is not an ushy-gushy feeling, it's an action. While we were yet sinners, right? The Lord loved us, died for us. And so, the lack of love, and then, and then I also think that they don't see the big picture. And what I mean by that, when you don't see the big picture, you don't know where you fit in. 
Where, where do I fit in? What can I do? What, what does God really have for me? What part do I play in this church? Um, what role does he have for me to play? Am, am I important? Because I don't really feel important at times. I don't think I'm needed. I don't even think I'm noticed. And no one loves me and, and nobody cares about me in the church. And uh, this person gets a lot more attention than I get. Now, that would never happen in a Baptist church, right? Just a Methodist church. And it's, it's common in many churches because of the sinners, the fact that we're sinners. And because of that, folks, many churches, I see them grind to a halt. And the average preacher feels like he's spinning his wheels, right? He's teaching and teaching and teaching, but they're never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And so uh, it's, it's a real problem in churches. And pre- preachers are discouraged. The church, And especially now after COVID, so many churches have shut down because of COVID. And the preachers are just discouraged. Uh, there's preachers that are still right now online. They still haven't gone back because the people don't want to. And they're running around terrified with masks on their face. I see it. I see it. I see people, and I'm not making fun. I'm just, this is me. Uh, some people ought to wear a mask like Nancy Pelosi. She ought to keep the mask on all the time. <laughs> but, but, but I see people driving around wearing a mask, and they're by themselves. Who are you afraid of? Uh, so enough of that. Okay, so I will tell you that biblical discipleship prevents most of what I just described to you, and that's why there's something going on here because you folks are loving one another one-on-one. And as I said yesterday, if you are a good counselor, you'll be a good discipler. And if you're a good discipler, you need to be a good counselor. So you don't got to say, hey, preacher, brother, Pastor Brian, I'm, I'm dealing with so-and-so, and they, they have this problem. And, you know, I, what I say is, well, tell them, fix it. Well, I don't know what to say. Well, come here. What's the problem? You think you, you teach them, and then they learn. And that's, you know, that's, and you got folks, that's going on here, which is better than the average bear, okay? So you don't have the same problem so much, but I guarantee you that there's, there's some schisms here. I guarantee you. And if it's not today, there might be tomorrow. So let us, let's talk about that today for a few minutes. The unity in this church, and I want to try to give you some tools today to keep you cranking. All right? You with me? Okay, reach over, grab your seatbelt, buckle it. Ready to go? Buckle your seatbelt. In, uh, here's point one, and my, my, my outlines are very simple. <clears throat> point one, here it is in verse 14. For the body is not one member, but what? Now, when I ask you a question, I want you to answer me, okay? For the body is not one member, but, but how many? Many. Okay, very good. Okay, there's my first point. You got that? Okay, so I have one head, one big mouth, two feet, two legs, two arms, Eight fingers, two thumbs, right? Many, many members, but how many bodies do I have? You got, these guys are pretty sharp, brother. Pretty sharp, they are, pretty sharp. Number two, here's point two. I've only got 72 points, so we need to move right along. (laughs) It says in verse 15 and 16, here's point two. The body has parts that differ, but they are still one body. See in verse 15? If the foot shall say... Because I'm not the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I am, I'm not part of the body. Well, yeah, you are. You're part of the body. So let me ask you this. Would you rather be a, a, a foot or a hand? A hand. When I meet people, I don't go. <laughs> I mean, that's a little weird. Now, if you, are, if you don't have any arms, fine. 
right? And some of our service people don't. And by the way, thank God for you two. I served in the 82nd Airborne Division, and I would proudly serve our country again, not under this administration, but I would proudly serve our country. I'll tell you how I really feel later, okay? <clears throat> um, so when you meet somebody, okay, I, I'd rather be a hand. And I told my kid when he was this big, my son, he's a state trooper now, he's this big. I said, when you shake hands with somebody, you lock it in and you squeeze. And you look him in the eye and you say, nice to meet you, sir or ma'am. Don't you stick it out like a dead fish. They'll look over their glasses at you. You shake hands like a man. God give us real men today. Raising a bunch of stinking wimps. <clears throat> Rush Limbaugh called it the chickification of America. And by the way, let me help you. There's two genders. Two. Count them. Adam and Eve. Not Adam and Steve. Adam and Eve. <clears throat> two genders. You shake hands. I'd rather be the hand. How about this? Would you rather be an eye or an ear? Differing opinions here. <clears throat> okay. What's your name, brother? Okay. When I, I don't go. Nice to meet you, brother. <laughs> Thank you. I might, get, I might get punched if I did something like that. What's your problem? I'd rather be an eye. My wife has big brown eyes. I looked into her eyes 45 years ago, and I still look into her eyes, and I'm still chasing her. And once in a while, I get lucky and catch her. But I'd rather be an eye anytime than an ear. So, so do we have jealousy going on here? Let me ask these people over here. Do we have jealousy going on here? <clears throat> we do, don't we? Okay, so this guy's an eye. He's getting more attention. I want to be the eye. Well, okay, if you're the eye and we're all the eye, where's the ear? You see what Paul's doing here? <clears throat> he's trying to explain to these people, you have to have multiple parts to make it work. Okay, so then if you're not happy with what God did for you, now we have a problem, and your problem is with God. And let me, uh, let me read this to you, and the old nature does it. I'm going to quote now. I'm, I'm, I stole this. He, this. This guy said, envy is also frequently pouting. We used to call it poochy lip. Remember, preacher? Your lips hanging down over your, over your, your, your toenail somewhere because you're so depressed. Envy is also frequently pouting. If it cannot have its own way, it takes its marbles and goes home and won't play with the other kids. This is what some of the immature believers at Corinth were doing. In seeming humility, which was really pride, they said, I don't have a spiritual gift. Yeah, you do. God says you got at least one. So I'm not really part of the, of the church. Or my gift is second rate. It's not as important. You know, who can be as important as the pastors? The pastors are the most important ones. Well, yeah, since when? I have nothing to offer, so why should I get involved? Some of you said this, and you say, maybe some of you are saying this right now. But the attitude, he says, does not reflect humility. It's self-centered, selfish, and it's an affront to God's wisdom and God's design. Because he made you what you are. And if you don't like it and don't agree with it, your problem is with God. You can't all be pastors. I told the folks this weekend that uh, when I got called to preach, when I realized he was calling me to preach, I said, God, you finally made a mistake. I'm a druggie. And I ran for two years. I was afraid where he'd send me. I, I didn't, my wife didn't marry a preacher. I'm thinking, if I tell her I'm going to be a preacher, she's going she's to leave me. 
I was scared. A lot of things scared about it. Public speaking. You know, I'd have to change my underwear every time I spoke. You know, you, preacher, do you still get nervous? I still get nervous. Y'all make me nervous this morning. Have you looked at some of yourselves? <laughs> I think it says, be not afraid of their faces, right? Brian said so, so when you feel that way, there's a problem. Let me finish my quote. He goes on to say, disclaiming responsibility does not remove it. My son runs radar as a state trooper. And if it's 55 and you're doing 75 and he pulls you over and he says, you know why I stopped you? And you go, I don't know. <laughs> and he says, well, you, you know, realize it's 55 here? I don't, I'm sorry, officer, I don't know. He's going to say, well, sign here. Because it doesn't, get, and I look back here, initially she's an MP. Have you heard some crazy excuses? You have, haven't you? <clears throat> so it doesn't mean you're not responsible for what you did. So if God give you a gift and you're not going to use it, guess what? I read something about talents and the thing and rewards, and isn't it in there somewhere? In the Bible, I think it is. Refusing to function as part of the body does not make us any less part of the body or any less responsible for ministering within it. I'm still quoting. We have no right to remove ourselves from our God-given responsibilities just because we are dissatisfied with what we are and what we have. Many Christians have never known the joy, joy of ministering and of pleasing God simply because they do not recognize or they refuse to use the gifts and opportunities that God has given them, and this is disobedience. So you got me so far? Are you track? As Alan, Alan Shelby would say, are you feeling me? So the body's not one part, but, and the parts differ, but you're still, okay, can we just, let's just pray, we'll go home now. Third, number three this morning, the body is designed by God as it has pleased him. Verse 18, and now God hath set, God hath set, God hath set the members, every one of them in the body. And he's talking about the local body at Corinth, so this morning we can apply this to the local body here. God has set the members, every one of them, in the body as it has pleased him. So God's trying to place you folks here in this body, and you find out what part you are, and then you do it, right? You see what she's doing right now? That, you, she's, man, you, you can't help it. You put the baby over the shoulder, and the women go, ah, oh. <laughs> and half the row melts. You put a new baby up here like that, I could take my clothes off, and nobody would notice because <laughs> I'm looking at the kid, Right? And so, so God's doing this thing. He's building this. All right, number four. We're doing, we're doing good, aren't we? Moving right along. Number four, the body parts are not independent of each other. This is where I want you to, we're going to camp. We're going to put up a tent and camp here just a minute or two. <clears throat> Verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, <laughs> where's, where's the hear? How are you going to hear? If the whole were a hearing, where's the smelling? Okay, so if I was just an eye, you know, about a five-foot diameter eye, and I'm up, I'm up in a plan. I could see you wicked, right? But I can't hear you. If I want to go over there and, and play the piano, how am I going to get over there? I'm just an eye. I got a problem, don't I? Okay? What if I was just a big ear? I could hear real good, but I couldn't see you, right? You, hear, you heard about that guy, right? That They had a baby, and um, it was just a big ear. He looked at the thing in the nursery. He's just a big ear. And the doctor came up behind him and said, 
He said, I'm really sorry. He goes, yeah, what's up? He goes, but I have worse news. He said, what? He said, it's deaf. That's a sick joke. It's a joke. It's okay. Listen, I'm going home in a little while. Just tell Pastor, don't ever have him back. <laughs> and I apologize for any offense that I might cause right ahead, okay? So verse 17 again. Now look at verse 18. But now, okay, we want to go to verse 19. I'm sorry. And if there were all one member, where's the body? Verse number 20. But now are they many members... Yet one body. He's being redundant on purpose. He wants to get his point across. The eye cannot say unto the hand, I don't need you. Because I've been eating, there's not any, there's only one place near me that serves barbecue and it's good. But out here, I've been ODing on barbecue. I've been hurting myself. I love barbecue. I ate, we, we went to the Q thing, Q3929. I tasted that burn end, man, I about spoke in tongues. <laughs> so if I want to eat the meat and I haven't got a hand, I need a hand to put it in my mouth. Okay, he says, I can't say to the hand, I don't need you. Yes, you do. Or again, the head to the feet. Again, if I want to go over there and I'm only a head, I need feet to get me over there. If not, I'm done. I can't function like I'm supposed to. Are you getting his point? Okay, I brought a friend today with me to help illustrate this. Bear with me a minute. This, my daughter made this for me a long time ago and had no clue it was going to be. This is Heather, the Holstein. Right? You like Heather? Isn't she cute? She's in heaven. She's in heaven on her. <laughs> this is Heather. Now, Heather, you know, y'all know how cows operate, right? I grew up with a horse. My wife had a horse. We had some dairy in my area in Massachusetts, but when I went to Pennsylvania, there's cows everywhere, right? Cows everywhere. When I first got there, I didn't know a lot about cows. I didn't know a lot about horses, not a lot about cows. I went to the barn to visit a couple of guys, and I walked in. Of course, the cows all look at you like, who are you? <laughs> yeah, they don't know you. They know their own masters, right? So I'm talking to Tom and Jeff and Mark, and you know, we're, I'm looking on the walls, and there's green spots all over the walls. What the heck is that? I'm thinking to myself, what is that? And I'm, so I'm talking to them, you know, and I'm, I'm patting the cows, and I stand behind this one cow, and she hunched up, started pooping. So I backed up, and, you know, it's splat, 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 splat. And then she coughed. <laughs> <laughs> Covered the wall with poop. And I went, Phew. And Tom looked at me, and he told me the greatest theological truth I've ever learned. He said to me, Preacher, never stand behind a cow when she's pooping, because she might cough. <laughs> okay, so, so here's Heather. Now, listen, the cow smells the grass. She walks over to it, right, or the hay, um, and then she eats. And then what does she do? She lays down, and what does she do? Let me ask these people over here. What does she do? She chews her cud, right? You know what a cud is? Go like this. Lie to me. Say, yes, I know what it is. <laughs> Cows have four stomachs. And they, pardon me, they throw up in their mouth and they chew it again. And they chew their cud. The deer, deer do also. And, that, you know, the Bible talks about that, the split hoof and chewing the cud, right? If it has a split hoof and doesn't chew the cud, you can't eat it. Jewish couldn't eat it. I eat the pork. I like the pork. I like Bacon makes everything better. Okay. 
So anyway, so she eats, she lays down, she, she chews the cud, she makes, and then she gives milk. She feeds the community. Are you with me so far? Okay, so uh, then let me ask, what, what is the tail for on a cow? Swat flies. Now, if you ever watch the Three Stooges, Moe's trying to milk the cow, and, or Curly, and the cow keeps slapping him in the face with the tail, so he figures, I'll fix this. So he ties a six-pound ball-peen hammer on it, <laughs> and the cow hits him in the head with it and knocks him out, right? Okay. But see, you know, okay, the drop... You, 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 you know, cows, you're nodding your head. The cow poops. They scrape the poop into the drop, which is a, a canal. And now there's a chain that goes around and it picks up all the poop and takes it out and puts it into a wagon. And they dump it in the field and to, to grow. But this, you know, the tail gets in the drop. And it's pretty nasty. You know, you, you're not around a good area back here, right? With the tail. Okay, so let's say, what's your first name, sir? Brian. Brian? Okay. Have something common with this guy right here. Okay, so Brian, God made Brian a tail. And Brian is feeling like these people here, he'd rather be the eye. So he says, you know what? I don't want to be a tail. Who the heck wants to be a tail? Poop all over it. So I refuse to wag. Not going to do it. Okay. So now, there's flies on the cow. She can't get the flies off. She's going to get a little irritated, a little distracted, maybe. I'm just asking you. Okay, so now she's irritated. It's kind of like when you get an itch and you can't get to it, and there's only around to scratch you. You're like a bear on a tree, you know, trying to get it. So we get a problem. The body's going to be affected now because you won't do your job. Okay, so... All right, so let me see. Who else can I pick on you? Your nose. God made you the nose. Okay, you've been around cows and noses are running and snot and everything. I don't want to be a nose. I want to be a hand. And he says, I refuse to smell. I'm not going to be a nose. I, I, I refuse. Okay, so now she can't smell the grass. She can't get to the grass. The flies are driving her nuts, right? And she's acting like a man who hasn't eaten all day. He gets hangry. Angry and hungry, right? Hang, hangry. Okay, so, so now this is affecting the production of the milk of the word because y'all ain't doing... I'm sorry, sorry. I'm sorry, honey. Y'all not doing your job. Is anybody tracking with me so far? Okay, which brings us, us to Brother Butt. Buttocks, I guess that's what, what's his face said? Uh, uh, who's the army guy? Forrest Gump, I was shot in the buttocks, right? <laughs> so who wants to, I know sometimes you act like a butt, but who wants to be a butt? <laughs> who wants to be a butt? I mean, who wants to be a butt? But if you, if you haven't got a butt, you've got a problem. You can't walk and you can't, I think you call it recycle, right? <laughs> you can't go, a little Spanish lingo, el pupo. You can't do it, right? <laughs> So, who, okay, anybody want to admit here that they're a butt? Okay, so we're going to, Brother Butt says, nope, I don't want to be a butt. <laughs> but we're not doing too good now, because now she's dragging her udder. That can't feel too good, I'm sure. So can't get to the milk. You know, we got a problem here. 
so let's, let's just get rid of this because the milk's not happening. You want to hold the other man? Don't lose this now. It's, <laughs> this is pertinent to the story. Okay, right, so don't lose right. that. Which leaves us with the pastor and the deacons. And so, okay, we're not eating any, we're not eating any grass, preacher. So milk production's nil. Okay, don't let him eat that, okay? <laughs> and so we're going to put the stomach over here, which leaves us the deacons and the preacher, right? Are you discouraged at this point, pastor? Yes, emphatically. And the deacons say, I, I quit. I'm done. You know, I'm going to leave the church, whatever, I'm done, you know, whatever. So we're going to put that there. And then which leaves pastor, he can't be in too good a state of mind, is he? Okay, well, this is the average church. It's just moving along, but it's not going too well. We're going to leave Heather right there. I don't think she's going to go anywhere. Neither is the average church. They're just playing church. Okay, so let's get back to our notes. We'll get back to Heather in a little while here. Uh, the body parts are not independent of each other. This body is not going to function. It's not going to function. Point number five. The body parts are all necessary. Verse 22. Nay, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. Uh, anybody here lost a finger? Part of a finger? Okay. Uh, maybe part of a toe. Where I'm at, there's a lot of stone quarries. And they, they cut stone, blue stone. They ship it all over the country. Well, a lot of those guys have no finger. They, they've lost fingers. They've lost toes. You drop a rock, you know. And, but they function pretty good. You can, you can be a paraplegic or quadriplegic, and, they, and our, our veterans, they function. And I thank God for Tunnel to Towers that are building houses for them. Um, but if I cut your lungs out or t- take your heart out or both your kidneys, you're going to have a hard time. Those are feeble things, and they're wrapped around, protected by the other parts of the body. So those people that are weak, and can be easily hurt, we're supposed to be protecting them in this body. So he says here, even though they're feeble, they're necessary. It functions best when all the parts work, and even the feeble parts are needed, and they need to be protected. Number six, the body is designed to benefit all its individual parts. Let me repeat that. The body is designed to benefit all of its individual parts. Verse 23 says... The members that are not, uh, let's say, comely or attractive, what do we do? Paul said you need to bestow more honor on them, okay? You get up in the morning, and I haven't got the problem with the hair. I got the problem with the face hair. It's like this. You know, you, I just wash my face, and I can't do a thing with it. You got to put a little oil on it, otherwise it's like this. Or I ride my motorcycle, and I look like I have somebody, something. By the way, if it looks like I crawled out of the woods, I did, okay? Um, so... So here, in this situation, somebody comes in, they're all gothed up, and they get saved, right? They got everything's pierced, they're all tatted and everything else, and you, people tend to go, and move away from them. They do, they do a curly, they move away. What you ought to do is be offering them your seat. Say, why don't you sit with me? You know, can I disciple this guy? Because what you're doing here is you're taking the uncomely, don't complain about the uncomely and criticize the uncomely. You were the same way, spiritually speaking. Why don't you just bestow some more abundant honor upon them, and guess what's going to happen? They'll be, they'll be comely. They might even be perfect like you. 
But people tend to criticize rather than say, let me be a blessing to you. We, there's always, sometimes those people scare us. Well, when I, you know, when I got saved, that was pretty scary too. God, I thank God they loved on me. 24, what does it say? God tempered the body together. He, he, the water's too hot. You add a little cold, and what happens? It's good. It's just like baby bear's porridge. Papa bear's was too hot. Huh? Anybody remember the nurse? Mama bear's was too cold, but baby bear's was just right. Right? You know, they're even ruining nursery rhymes now. They're, they're, they're changing all of it because people get offended. I, gotta, I have some advice for you. Listen, you ready? Grow up. Or how about this? Suck it up, cupcake. People need to grow up. Hold people accountable for these things. 25, no, we want to make sure there's no schism so you have the same care one for another. The same care. And God knows, God knows what parts need help, and he put you there to help them. He knows that, uh, he knows, uh, uh, so, so watch, I've got a rock in my hand, and I'm, I'm left-handed, so I'm, I'm banging nails, and I smash my right thumb with a hammer. And I say, <laughs> I don't like you anyway. I like my left thumb. I don't like my right thumb. So you just deal with it. That's not what we do. You know what we do? Watch. <laughs> right? Is that what we do? The whole body just got involved without even thinking about it. Sweat breaks out, heart starts pounding, respirations increase. What happened? Well, one part got hurt. So the whole part goes, ooh, and they get involved helping the one part. Well, that's what Paul's saying. Yeah, that dude, he just joined the church six months ago, and I've talked with him. I, I really don't care for him. Well, his mother just died. Well, whatever. Well, we're going to send him some meals. Well, you take care of it. Are you with? And this happens. You know, it says the same care one for another, and then it says when somebody's blessed, okay, so we bring you up here, Brian, and pastor says, hey, you know what Brian did? Brian did this and that. Let's give Brian a hand. We honor two veterans. Let's say another veteran comes back and you don't give him a plaque. <laughs> he gave them a plaque. I didn't get a plaque. <laughs> he come back to this church anymore. No, how about saying thank God, praise God for you? God knows. But see, if you're immature, you'll do that. You'll get jealous because somebody got honored and you didn't. Yet the scripture says he knows when you share a cup of cold water. He knows when a hair... He knows when a hair falls from your head. Well, then let him reward you. So, so he mixes us together so we can take care of the mutual needs. It prevents division and it provides comprehensive care for everybody. And then number seven, and I'm done. The body parts are all special to God and special to the body. They're all special. You're special. 27, it tells us that. Now, ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. You're all special. You say, I don't feel special. I'm telling you today, you are. God loves you as much as he loves anybody else. It's even, Stephen. Just because you don't feel and you won't apply the, the love of God to your life and claim the victory that God's given you, that's, that's not our problem. We want to help you get there. We get around preachers that can preach us under the table. And, and you're intimidated by these guys. But then you realize God's not called me to be Brian Hedges. God's not called me to be Alan Shelby, Mark Trotter, or um, Jeff Vartel, or Crazy Brett. 
right? He's not called me to be those guys. He's called me to be Gary Haskell and do what I can do for the cause of Christ. Well, you're the same way. I got nothing on you, and you got nothing on me. Okay, where do the problems start? We got to go. Where do the problems start? Where do the problems start here? You. So, so, so Brian hears the message today, and he goes, man, I didn't realize how much I was needed in the body and how much impact I had on the body. I'm only a tail. Yeah, dude, but that tail is super important. Amen, ma'am? It's super important. So he crawls over. Where's Butt? Where's Brother Butt? You over here? He crawls over to Brother Butt, and he says, hey, Brother Butt, did you hear the message? He says, yeah, dude, I did. And they, man, we were so wrong. And they, they cry at the altar. They get right with God, right? And they're rejoicing, hugging each other, crying. And uh, you say, we got to find Brother Stomach right here, okay? So Brother Stomach, they crawl over to Brother Stomach, and they find him. And they say, man, did you hear the message? He says, yeah, we did. And they, and they repent, and they say, man, I never knew I was so important to God. It's so important to Heartland. I didn't know that. And they get, they get right. And they go over, and they find the deacons. And they say, hey, we, we, we're so sorry. We screwed up. We, we didn't stand behind you. We didn't stand behind the preacher. We're so sorry. And then they go get pastor, and they say, preacher, forgive us. We're so sorry that we didn't know that even though I'm a butt, <laughs> I'm important. You know, and I'm going to be the best butt. I'm going to be the best tail that ever wagged. <laughs> From now on, I'm going to serve my Lord with all my heart. I'm proud to be a tail. I'm proud to be a butt. Okay? Now, ma'am, thank you. So now watch. Now the church can... Where's the nose? We need the nose, don't we? Forgot about brother nose. Now, y'all can smell the grass, right? Eat the meat of the word. Huh? Swat the flies. Thank you. And now you can chew your cud. You know what you can do? You can feed this community the milk of the word because every one of you Every one of you is doing your part. I don't feel important. You are. Just ask Brother Tail. I, I hate to ruin your reputation, Brother, here. I think I did, but that's... <laughs> Listen, you need to do what you can do. You say, well, I, I'm, it ain't much. It doesn't have to be much. Do what God's called you to do. When this whole church cooperates, every one of you you're going to have that much more of an impact of getting the milk of the word out to this community. So get off your blessed assurance and serve God. Pastor, please. Amen. Well, that's a word even in the Bible. That's called a word fitly spoken. There's not a one of us here this morning that cannot apply that message. And so...